Welcome to the Truth Who Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. I'm Vic Batista along with Web Minister Nathan Jones. We're transmitting live from the Aventura Hollandale area, so we ask that you keep us in prayer and that our technology and everything will work without any problems. And of course, today's subject matter will be that of the Psalm 83 war. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if you will open us up with a word of prayer. I'd be happy to, Pastor Vic. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word, to understand, Lord, what you have to say about the future, and then so, Lord, we learn about you. And we just pray for everyone listening and watching in, Lord, that they be blessed by this discussion. In your precious name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. You're tuned into the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Nate Batista, Nathan Jones, as we talk about the Psalm 83 War. Today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura and the Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. You can find more information at calvaryaventura.com or on Facebook on JNA32. For those of you that are watching us live via twave.tv and also maybe those of you that are tuned in live via twave.org and tweetcasting, we thank you for being part of today's program. And we encourage you during the week to also stay tuned to various programs here that will bless you, such as the Pastor's Perspective, the House of Prayer, the Open Mic, and of course the Bible Prophecy Edition here on Wednesdays. And, of course, just a wonderful opportunity for you to be part of these programs. And, of course, remember, you can always get a hold of us at 305-992-9537 and give us the opportunity to be able to bless you and to minister to you with whatever you might need. Our lines will be open today for those of you who would like to text in your questions or your comments. The local number is 305-992-9537. We'd love for you to be part of the program here today. But before we continue today's segment of the program, I want to welcome my special guest, Nathan Jones, Web Minister for Lamb and Lion Ministry. Nathan, it's a pleasure to have you on today's edition of the program. I find it always a pleasure to be here, Pastor Vic. Thank you for having me on weekly. It's just a blessing. Awesome. Well, Nathan, you know, it, it, it's just joyful to do these programs with you. You're all the way in Texas. Most of the time, I can only hear your voice. But a few days ago, I was actually able to see you live, man. That was awesome. <clears throat> I found it just a great time to be able to spend with you, but also to flip this year and get to interview you for a change. That was a lot of fun. And thank you for putting, <laughs> thank you for putting so much pressure on me. No, you did great. Our television <laughs> show, Christ in Prophecy, would be much better for having you on. <laughs> thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. I want to thank you guys and Dr. Reagan for giving us a wonderful opportunity to be part of your family. And you truly are a wonderful family there at Lemon Lion, Nathan. I think it's like a taste of the future, man. You know, someday we will be all brothers and sisters together, living with the Lord in the New Jerusalem and uh, working together. It's important for Christians to work together because we'll be working together forever. <laughs> Absolutely right. And I'm looking forward to spending uh, eternity with you, your wonderful family. And also, uh, uh, Heather, thank you for allowing her to uh, hang out with my wife. We had such a great time. Oh, yeah. Maureen and the kids. Yeah. You know, it's amazing to think, you know, a lot of Christians uh, in our fallen bodies, of course, we're sinful and as Christians, we don't get along very well, but to think that we're going to be spending forever together in our new glorified bodies, and we'll, we'll get along so well, and, and the way we mess up the church today with all the infighting and disagreements, <laughs> that, that won't be the case in the future. Exactly. I'm looking forward to that, Nathan, and that's, <laughs> that's of course, our humanity in our flesh. That's why we really appreciate wonderful relationships such as you guys, and we thank the Lord for you, and we'll keep you guys in prayer. So thank you for the wonderful Texas hospitality. And of course, Nathan, maybe someone is tuned in for the first time and they don't know much about your ministry and the wonderful work that you're doing there at Lamb and Lion. Would you be able to share with us your contact information, maybe some resources that individuals can take advantage of? 
Well, certainly, certainly. If people want to get to know Lamb and Lion Ministries, they can go to www.lamblion.com. Or if uh, they want to download our app, they can go to just look up the Lamb Lion app. And uh, we are just a Bible prophecy teaching ministry. Our ministry is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. Mm. And you can find us at uh, lamblion.com. we got our television show, Christ and Prophecy, which is broadcast on 17 networks across the planet. With all sorts of articles and materials that you can learn about Bible prophecy. Join our social networks like our Facebook group, our blog, and even sign up for a free newsletter. Excellent. And of course, Nathan, those resources have been wonderful for myself. I actually was going over Dr. Reagan's book in Spanish, which is a commentary of the book of Revelation, uh, La Ira y la Gloria. Oh, Wrath and Glory, yes, in Spanish. What? That is the book has been translated in many languages, including many languages over in India. India as well? I didn't know that. Well, I'm so glad to have a copy, and we're going to be using that resource for our ministry as well, Nathan, so we thank you guys for that. Oh, fantastic. And so, Nathan, also, I know you do a lot of articles, and you actually do have a link, right, with a lot of your Spanish materials that has been translated? Yeah, uh, our sister site is in Defense de la Fe, uh, if I pronounced that correctly, in Defense of the Faith, and that's uh, run by uh, Donald Dolmas. He is uh, a native of Nicaragua, their capital yes. city, Managua, and he does all the translation into Spanish for us, and he, he puts it on his website so that we can reach out to the Spanish-speaking community uh, because, you know, I don't speak Spanish. I do not have that amazing gift that you do to switch back and forth between languages. I don't even remember all the German I took in high school. <laughs> Uh, well, it's just good to be able to uh, bless anyone that is watching or listening in multi-language. And if the Lord has blessed us with that, Nathan. That, so I try to do the best that I can with my mixed-up accent. <laughs> well, I think it's fantastic because, you know, the Spanish-speaking community is getting so much attention. It's so vital to the States and it's definitely got a place in the future. And I think we really need to be able to reach out to the Spanish-speaking community with the gospel. And you guys down at Calvary Adventure do that so well. Oh, well, thank you so much. And, of course, we encourage anyone that is watching us live or listening live to grab a hold of these wonderful resources and build yourself up in the faith. So we thank you. And, of course, Nathan, as we shift gears and we look at our incredible topic for today, the Psalm 83 War. But, Nathan, before we continue, you and I have done a, a number of programs in the past, um, also talking about the signs of the times in Matthew chapter uh, 24 verses 6 through 7, also Luke chapter 21 verses uh, 9 through 10. And as we looked at these uh, chapters and verses and in the previous programs that we have done, uh, we talked about some of the signs of the times. And, and the Bible clearly tells us that certain signs of the times will be that there will be wars and rumors of wars. And you took us through this journey a few weeks back regarding the signs of the times. And you gave us these incredible statistics regarding wars and, and the wars that are going on and also futuristic wars. Can you talk to us a little bit about those wars once again? Well, certainly. Uh, Jesus said that uh, the, one of the signs of the, the 10 that he gave in Matthew 24 was that there would be wars and rumors of wars. In other words, that as we got closer and closer to the end times before his return, that wars would increase both in frequency and intensity. And uh, certainly uh, we are experiencing that today. Matter of fact, the during the 20th century, it experienced one of the greatest amounts of wars in, in all of history combined. The death toll was greater than any of in the history, and uh, about 160 to 187 million people killed wow. all the wars. I mean, that's more than the combined the death toll of all the wars before that. 
in the 21st century, and we're already almost 15 years into it, has seen just an incredible amount of death, especially as Islamic wars and ISIS marches across the Middle East, and Russia invades the Ukraine, and, and the skirmish all over. You can count about 38 wars happening right now, 38 wars and skirmishes. So we are in the middle of a tremendous time of warfare, and it never seems to end, right? I mean, as our country seems to just jump from one war to the next, there never seems to be a time of peace. And the Lord said that would be the case the closer we got to his return. And you know, Nathan, and many people don't, don't really realize what's really going on around the world. Sometimes they only focus on certain parts of the news where they show you maybe an infighting in a, in a certain location. But when you look at it globally, that's an astronomical number. Correct, correct. Yeah, the news is very uh, limited in its scope. I don't know what it is about international news in America, but we only focus on one or two things. Right. So you have to go and watch, watch news from like the BBC or other outside of the United States news feeds to actually see what's going on. And uh, it is, there's a tremendous amount of skirmishes and wars just all over the planet that never, never really make it to the news. Absolutely. And that's very good that you're pointing to us what's really going on uh, around the world globally. So we find that the Bible talks about uh, all these wars and rumors of wars. And of course, though, some of those we've seen during our time, Nathan, but also in our other programs that we've done, you also talked to us about a few other wars that we did highlight a little bit that could actually start in our time and lead through the tribulation. And we talked about the um, Ezekiel 38 and 39 war. And you uh, took us through this wonderful journey uh, a few weeks ago regarding these wars. Can you recap for us that Ezekiel 38 and 39, what's going on there, Nathan? Well, Ezekiel 38 and 39 is the most detailed description of an end time war. One of the nine prophetic wars that the Bible talks about. And in this war, it says that a leader from Russia will create a coalition, and this coalition would be of Russia, Turkey, Iran, all those nations, uh, stands like Turkmenistan and all, uh, Libya and the Sudan and some other nations, and they would form a coalition to destroy Israel with Russia's purpose to plunder Israel, to, mm. to steal its wealth. Uh, Israel will be at a time of peace and unsuspecting of it, uh, Ezekiel 38 tells us. And uh, when these nations come against Israel, the force is so huge that even the mighty Israeli defense forces cannot possibly stand up against uh, this coalition. And as this coalition comes down, this is where God steps kind of back into the world when it comes to supernatural protection. He destroys these armies with a tremendous earthquake. Uh, he sets them against each other. There's hail, there's fire. Uh, the Lord even uh, burns the nations their homelands from where these armies came. Wow. And basically, God steps out and destroys uh, the power of Russia and the Islam in the Middle East, and it creates Israel as a new superpower for the world. And it says that the Jewish people will then know there is a God, and they will all turn to him. Not his son, Jesus Christ, yet, but definitely back to God. Mm, amazing. And we see this uh, Islamic movement right now, Nathan, and, and it's getting, I mean... It's crazy. Right now we're seeing these Islamic um, mosques popping up everywhere. Even in my own neighborhood, I live in the Miami Gardens area in Florida. And a few blocks away, we see this new building coming up. And it was actually a Muslim mosque. So here in the U.S., we wow. see everywhere, Nathan, right? Well, you know, it's almost being encouraged. Uh, sadly, uh, at least with a lot of our liberal establishment, they believe in appeasement as a, as a sound political strategy. But it's not, uh, right. especially in World War II. Before that showed, when Neville Chamberlain uh, embraced Hitler and basically handed Poland over to him, 
in the Czech Republic, he was, he was saying that, hey, if we give in to their demands, they'll leave us alone. And Hitler did not <laughs> leave anybody alone. He continued to march across Europe and Russia and take a lot of that and continue to bomb uh, uh, Great Britain. And so uh, that's what's happening today. Our politicians are trying to appease Islam, hoping that they won't attack us. But, right. you know, they call us, the United States, the great Satan, and they call Israel the little Satan. And their goal was to destroy, according to the Quran, all infidels, all who wow. do not believe in Allah. And so there's no getting around it. it it's in their creed. It's in their, their belief system that infidels must be destroyed or create, turned into second-class citizens and pay a, a special tax. So uh, this this idea of appeasement just doesn't work, and it's scary, like you said. I mean, we are living in a, in a country that has religious freedoms, and I praise the Lord for it, yes. but when an ideology wants to destroy us, you don't invite it in and allow it to build mosques on every corner and uh, training camps throughout the country. Nathan, and, and that's why I believe that anyone that is maybe watching us live or tuning or listening live, we need to educate ourselves in, in this type of uh, things because sometimes, you know, people, uh, television, even our president brings certain things across as a peaceful religion. <laughs> but yet we look at 9-11, it was nothing peaceful about that, right, Nathan? No, not at all. You know, George Bush uh, coming out and saying that it's a religion of peace and, and that we don't need to deal with it, and then the Obama administration coming and embracing him and, and putting known uh, groups like uh, Karen and all in power, and they have ties to Islamic military groups, uh, terrorist groups. I mean, this is scary things. We are, we are basically saying, hey, we give up, we surrender. Islam, we expect you to win, and therefore we're going to step back. But when you study Bible prophecy, you realize that, that Islam will not win. Matter of fact, it looks like God will break the back of Islam before we get into the tribulation time period because there will be a one-world religion that starts the first half of the seven-year tribulation, and then Satan will overthrow that, and he will have all worship go to the Antichrist, to him through the Antichrist. And so there cannot be Islam. And we read in the Bible how, how the Antichrist persecutes both Christians or new believers in Christ, we'll call them tribulation saints, and uh, the Jews. It doesn't say anything about him persecuting other religions. So this is a brand new religion. So Islam is definitely destroyed before the tribulation begins. So our, if our politicians understood Bible prophecy, they would not be appeasing to Islam because Islam is the losing side, not the winning side. Nathan, that's a good point. And I pray that anybody watching this program or listening, maybe they are politicians. So hopefully they would, yeah. they would understand what the Bible has to say. Maybe make better decisions, right, Nathan? I hope so. You know, it's a shame. When a country fears God and obeys his commands and reads his word, then law makes sense, that we, we have a sound foundation for judicial, um, uh, you know, the, the justices make their decisions, and, and the world makes sense. But when you destroy the biblical foundation, then the judges come up with whatever they feel like it. Uh, government runs based on popularity polls and not the word of yeah. God. And we make bad decisions when it comes to our treatment of Israel and our own people. Persecution starts coming, and we're certainly seeing more persecution of Christians in this country. And uh, so the whole, whole nation starts unraveling. And by cutting God out of our system, we're seeing our nation unravel. But if we had turned to God in the Bible, it would give us a, a accurate view of how to handle world politics. You know, Nathan, you, you, you hit on a very good point. If we turn to God, and everything begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ, right, Nathan? And all of what we see happening is because people are void, are void of a relationship with Jesus. And therefore, the decisions that they're making, whether it's personally or in government, right, 
we see the effects of it. Oh, exactly, exactly. It, it's almost, unfortunately, good becomes evil, and evil becomes good in their mindset, because they don't have the Bible to turn to, and, and without God in our lives, uh, without the Holy Spirit directing us, our sin nature takes over, and we want to do anything to satiate the lusts of our sin nature. Mm. And then we end up calling good evil and evil good, and we're seeing that in society. I mean, when people are marching all across the country in support of thugs who, who kill cops, uh, we've got a problem here in this country. And Nathan, you know, you mentioned it, and thugs, and this is why everything is so mixed up, and individuals don't recognize the Bible says we are wrestling against flesh. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And therefore, this is a, a lot of this is a, it's a, a ploy of the enemy to uh, shift our focus from what's really going on uh, to be distracted into other things. So, Nathan, this is why you mentioned to us very well put the Islam if war uh, that is going on right now is going to continue. But at the end, uh, we know the Lord is going to destroy all these nations. So in Ezekiel chapter 8 and 39, it also talks to us about all those surrounding nations, right, Nathan, that are going to engulf, in a sense, uh, the people of Israel. Yes, I mean, it, it's, there is a hatred of the Jews that goes beyond sound reasoning. Islam hates the Jews with a passion. This push for a Palestinian state by those who were actually invaders of Israel in 1948 and then were left behind by their countries and not allowed to go back to Syria and into Jordan. These are the what are they're calling themselves Palestinians or really Syrians, mm -hmm. and they're the ones who want to push for a country. They know that if they could get Israel back to its pre-1967 borders, that Israel would be defenseless. In fact, their the uh, airport Tel Aviv Ben Gurion Airport would only be about nine miles away from a place where the, uh, the a Palestinian state where they could shoot down the planes with missiles. So Israel would become defenseless, and that's the real strategy behind it. And they say all the time, and if you remember uh, Iranian President Ahmadinejad, Ahmadinejad, excuse me, before uh, the current uh, President Rouhani, all the time he was saying that we should wipe Israel off the map. The Ayatollahs, you know, the whole world is focused on is Iran building a nuclear weapon. Well, the Ayatollahs on a daily basis say they plan on destroying Israel. Right. So we know that Islam wants to destroy Israel because, just like you said, Ben, you're so right, it's principalities and powers, satanic powers behind these things. Satan hates the Jewish people. He wants them destroyed. And if he feels he can destroy them, they can thwart Jesus' return. Mm. And Nathan, that's why I think, you know, it's so good because as we study Bible prophecy, we begin to get a glimpse into what's really going to happen, how things are going to end up. We see the world is lining up. Uh, the, the prophetic events are right before our eyes. And this is why when we look at uh, the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war, again, there's different speculations, right, Nathan, in terms of uh, when it's going to occur. Uh, uh, but we also know that there's also another war uh, that you're going to talk to us a little bit about. And it's some, uh, some uh, war. And uh, any thoughts on that, Nathan, in terms of um, uh, timing as we look there at Psalm chapter 83? Certainly. Well, again, one of the nine prophetic wars is the Psalm 83 war, and I believe that it's the next or the first of the series of nine prophetic wars. And the Psalm 83 war uh, was, of course, the Psalms were written back in 1000 uh, B.C., so we're talking about 3,000 years ago. Amazing, but It was yeah. written by Asaph the seer. Uh, he was uh, not only a musical leader for King David, but he was also a prophet. He was the seer, and he prophesied a time when Israel would have to subjugate the nations surrounding them. 
Now, throughout history, Israel has never subjugated all the nations that are surrounding them. And we've been wondering, why is that the case? Mm -hmm. Well, we look and read about Ezekiel 38 and 39, and we see that those nations, those the Islamic nations that are attacking Israel, they're missing an inner ring of nations. In other words, nations that directly border Israel. And when right. I say those nations, that's Lebanon and Syria, Jordan, Egypt, Gaza. These nations are directly bordering Israel. They hate Israel with a passion, and they want it destroyed. Now, those nations are left out of the very detailed description of nations in Ezekiel 38 and 39. Therefore, it tells us that this Psalm 83 war must happen before the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war because those nations aren't in play against Israel when Russia comes down to destroy it. And man, those nations hate Israel, and they would be part of any coalition against Israel. And they're not in Ezekiel 38 and 39, so we know there must be a Psalm 83 war beforehand. Excellent point. So Nathan, as we look there at Psalm uh, 83, uh, beginning of verse 1 and so on, and we want to encourage anyone that is tuned into the program, maybe you might want to grab a Bible and follow along as we look at Psalm 83. Very fascinating passage here as Nathan is taking us through this wonderful journey and looking at these wonderful prophetic events. But again, I want to encourage you to uh, get a Bible, uh, follow along with us, and also Text in your questions or your comments, 305-992-9537 or 321-END-TIME. We would love to hear from you. And, of course, uh, follow along with us. I think this is going to be uh, very educational for all of you that are watching. So, Nathan, as we look at Psalm 83, thank you for taking us through this journey. But can you start us out there in that passage and let us know what exactly we're looking at? Well, Psalm 83, like uh, you said, is a song, a psalm of Asaph. So, back uh, when you read through the psalms, they were actually sung but, uh, you know, we've lost the, the music That's to right. it since then. So when we read it, it, it kind of reads funny because it's a translation from Hebrew. But, you know, all our songs rhyme. Well, their songs made more sense, too, in, in Hebrew. But in English, it was a psalm of Asaph. And we know uh, from other psalms that he, Asaph has made was that he was a prophet. He was a seer. And he could see into the future. And his songs were prophecies. Now, Psalm 83 begins, and I'm reading in the New King James, do not keep silent, O God. Do not hold your peace. And do not be still, O God. For behold, your enemies make a tumult, and those who hate you have lifted up their head. They have taken crafty counsel against your people and consulted together against your sheltered ones. They have said, Come, and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be remembered no more. Mm. Wow. That right there, Nathan, uh has a lot to say regarding what you were just sharing with us in terms of Israel's enemies, right? Exactly. Uh, for what it says is that the enemies of Israel have decided that they've come together. They want to plan on destroying Israel as a nation. Now, you got to remember that Israel hasn't been a nation since 1970, when the, uh, the year 70 uh, A.D., when the Romans destroyed Jerusalem, and they destroyed Israel, the temple, they totally tore it down, and they scattered the Jewish people all across the, the earth. And so Israel hadn't been a nation. Well, then all of a sudden we read this end-time prophecy, and Israel is a nation again. Mm. 1948, Israel, May of 1948, Israel became a nation again. And so this prophecy, people are starting to take some real serious uh, consideration of it, because to have these end-time wars against Israel as a nation, you have to have a nation. <laughs> and, and now it's a nation again. And, and it's like, wow, I can't believe it. Israel's a nation again. And so we know that here, 
the, uh, Asaph is introducing the, the enemies of Israel. You can see them kind of hiding in a dark room, conspiring against the destruction of Israel, and that's the setting. Wow, that is amazing. You know, Nathan, I, I mean, our time actually goes very quickly for our first yeah. segment of the program, but I love that intro. We want to encourage anyone that is tuned in. We pray that you can stay tuned into the second segment, the second part of this program, as we see this incredible prophecies unravel right before our eyes as we look at this incredible journey here in Psalm chapter uh, 83. But Nathan, of course, we see how everything just lines up wonderfully. We encourage anyone that is tuned in to, to get your Bibles open and look at these chapters that we're talking about. Matthew 24, Luke there 21, also uh, Ezekiel 38 and 39, and Psalm, uh, uh, Psalm 83. And this is just incredible how all these things uh, line up with what's going on today and what we see is going to transpire in the near future. And, and Nathan, I mean, as we look at these, we believe that one of the things that time is running out, and especially for anyone that is tuned in that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord, uh, we don't know when these windows are, are going to close, right, Nate? Exactly. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ could come back at any moment to rapture his church, to take his church, those who believe in him as Savior, off this planet. And that precedes seven of the worst years in all of human history with it, that the Bible calls the tribulation or the time of Jacob's trouble. And so we don't know when Jesus will come back. And so it's so important now to give our lives to Jesus Christ, yeah. that pray in our hearts, dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my savior. And Jesus promised to forgive us of our sins, to give us a new life, and to give us that hope of the rapture of the church and living forever with him in heaven. Mm, amen. Thank you, Nathan. Of course, for those of you that are tuned in, that maybe you pray that prayer right where you are. Uh, you know, the Lord loves you he has a plan for your life and his holy spirit has moved to live inside of you and if you were to die today you would have eternal life because you have placed your trust in jesus christ and that is the good news so nathan thank you so much for being part of this first segment of the program our time is pretty much up but it's always a pleasure to have you on pleasure's all mine brother thank you again you're tuning to twave.tv big batista nathan jones as we've been talking about the psalm 83 war we will be right back. We pray that you can stay tuned to the second segment of our program. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Tune in to Calvary Chapel's Bible Prophecy Series.
everyone, and welcome to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. I'm Big Batista, along with Web Minister Nathan Jones of Lamp and Lion Ministry, and we're transmitting live from the Aventura Station. We ask that you keep us in prayer that our technology and everything will work without any problems. And of course, our lines will be open for you to be able to text in your questions or your comments. Our local number is 321-END-TIME, 321-363-8463, or 305-992-9537. Of course, our subject matter for today will be that of the Psalm 83 war. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my special guest, Nathan Jones, if you will open us up with a word of prayer. I'd be happy to. Lord, we thank you so much that uh, you have blessed us with the ability to study your word. You've given us Bibles, and I think for centuries people couldn't have Bibles or even read them, Lord, but we have them, and we have gotten to know you so well. And so we pray you'll bless our conversation today so we may understand your prophetic word, and in so doing, understand you so much better. We thank you in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you again. You're tuning to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're talking about the Psalm 83 War. Well, today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura and the Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. You can find more information at calvaryaventura.com or on Facebook on JN832. For those of you that are watching us live, you have twave.tv, also twave.org, Twitcasting. We thank you for your prayers and also want to encourage you to stay tuned here during the week for various other programs such as The Pastor's Perspective, The Open Mic, The House of Prayer, and of course, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, the Bible Prophecy Programs Edition here at 11 a.m. So again, you can always reach out to us at 305-992-9537. If you are a Facebook user, make sure that you find us there at facebook.com forward slash twave.tv. Hit the like button and tell your friends and your family regarding the wonderful programs here, such as this program here on Wednesdays on Bible Prophecy. So we thank you all for tuning in. And of course, before we continue today's program, I'm going to welcome my special guest to our second edition of the program, Nathan Jones, Web Minister with Lamb and Lion. Nathan, thank you for joining us once again. Thank you for having me on, brother. I just love uh, talking about Bible Prophecy with you. Awesome, awesome. Well, we finished our first segment, and I thank you that you didn't run away from me and you stayed for the second segment. <laughs> well, I think you could handle it if I wasn't around. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, man. You're a tough act to follow. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but thank you for being on the second segment, uh, Nathan. Of course, we always have a great time here uh, looking at these incredible passages, and we thank you that you make these passages easy uh, for us to understand and for anyone that is watching or listening. And Nathan, of course, you also have a lot of wonderful resources for people to also um, go to in case they have other questions about Bible prophecy. And your ministry, uh, uh, Dr. Reagan and yourself, and also your website, is filled with wonderful information. Can you once again share for us, maybe someone just tuned in for the second segment of the program, and is not very familiar with the website or your ministry or your contact information. Can you give that out for us? Oh, certainly. Uh, again, my name is Nathan Jones. I am the Associate Evangelist and Web Minister for Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry. Our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. We believe that the signs of the end times point to the soon return of Jesus, and so we're excited about that. We want to share it with others, and so we come along churches and other ministries and teach them about 31% of the Bible that is Bible prophecy. And you can check us out. Our, lamb, our website is lamblion.com. And there you can find our television show, Christ and Prophecy, which is broadcast on networks all over the earth. Uh, you can get articles, uh, 
especially on our blog, we have one daily. To uh, check out our social networks and uh, join our Facebook group and sign up for your newsletter. <laughs> We've got so many materials. We want people to know about God's prophetic word because it gives us hope for the future and the excitement to go out and evangelize. Absolutely, Nathan. Thank you so much. And I'm, we're actually at your website right now. So anyone that is tuned in via twave.tv, you can actually see this live on the screen. And it's uh, great. Nathan, you have a lot of resources right there on one of your front pages. Uh, you have uh, Robert Jeffers uh, and a wonderful program that on the implosion of America. It's amazing. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, you and I got to get together and uh, see Robert Jeffers in person preach that message. And uh, he actually had done that message earlier at our conference. We have a conference every July. And so that's what we're uh, broadcasting uh, this week on Christ and Prophecy. Amazing. Thank you, Nathan. Of course, anyone that is tuned in, you can actually catch that live and uh, be blessed. Uh, a great, great teachers and just wonderful uh, conferences and also events and teachings that you can find here uh, on Lamb and Lion. So thank you so much, Nathan, for sharing that information uh, with us. Certainly. And, and of course, Nathan, uh, on our first segment of the program, and it goes very fast, so that's why <laughs> we're in yeah. the second segment of the program, but you just began to touch on the Psalm 83 war. You took us through a number of verses, verses 1 through 4 which I was going to ask you if you could reread those for us before uh, we continue. But also, Nathan, maybe just a, a quick recap. We finished talking about some, excuse me, Ezekiel 38 and 39. And maybe you can give us a quick synopsis of uh, Ezekiel 38 and 39. Patrick? Uh, yes, Nathan, did I, um, can you hear me? Testing one, two. And I, I um, hope I didn't lose Nathan Jones here. Pastor Vic, are you there? I am here, Nathan. Good, okay. We got cut off just a little bit there, but uh, you'd want me to, to give a recap of Psalm 83? Excellent. Yeah, I was. I, you, you really scared me because if I would have lost you, I would have been in trouble, you see? Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, you can pick up the Bible and read it. Anyone there can, right? Yeah. Well, Asaph was the uh, author of this song or psalm, and he was one of King David's prophets. He was a seer, and he could see... Uh, as the Lord gave him into the future. And so he prophesied this, which was come in song format, but we don't have the, the music today. But it starts when it reads, Do not keep silent, O God, and do not hold your peace. And do not be still, O God, for behold, your enemies make a tumult, and those who hate you have lifted up their head. They have taken crafty counsel against your people and consulted together against your sheltered ones. They have said, Come, and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be remembered no more. Mm. And Nathan, as we look there at that verse, verse 4, of course you talked to us a little bit about the rise of Islam and what we're seeing happening uh, in our own United States of America, but we find that this is just going to increase to the point where the idea is that these nations want to come and destroy Israel. That's really the focal point, right? Exactly. It's the uh, enemies that surround Israel. We're talking about here uh, Syria and Jordan and Lebanon, Gaza and Egypt. And those nations want to destroy Israel. They are the, the traditional enemies of Israel all the way back to you know, pretty much Joshua's time period. And so uh, it was prophesied that Israel would have to deal with these nations. And certainly through time they had many wars, but Israel never subjugated the nations around them. And so all of a sudden we're reading about this, this prophecy about Israel, that the Israel's enemies want to destroy them from being a nation. Now, mm -hmm. Israel hadn't been a nation since 70 A.D. 
the Romans destroyed them, they dispersed the Jews, and they wandered without a homeland for almost 2,000 years. But 1948, May of 1948, Israel became a nation again, and so all of a sudden we're looking at, at Psalm 83 a lot more seriously now, yeah. because Israel's a nation again, and looking at the, the Islamic hatred of Israel, it's interesting that Israel's enemies uh, historically in the Old Testament were, were scattered and divided, but now they're all united by uh, Islam, by a, by a religion, and they consistently want to destroy Israel. They make statements all the time about the destruction of Israel. They create infatadas where they try to get the, the people living in Israel to rise up uh, against the Jewish people living there. Uh, Iran is desperate to make a nuclear weapon, which the Ayatollahs aren't even hiding anymore, the fact that they want to use it to destroy Israel. Right. Uh, ISIS is... His goal is to march not only through Iraq and Syria, but then through Jordan and, and conquer Israel. And the world, the UN, makes resolution after resolution against Israel. They want to destroy Israel. So there is a certainly a, a satanic hatred of Israel just burning with uncontrolled rage at Israel right now. Nathan, and this is why we encourage anyone that is watching or tuning in to listen, man, we need to pray for Israel. These are God's yeah. people. God loves them. And, you know, Nathan, it's amazing to me uh, what Satan puts in the heart of man, right? Because he's really the one that's behind his hatred towards God's people. Well, yeah, I mean, we read in the New Testament about how, the, how behind all our world governments are principalities and powers yeah. of this earth. In other words, uh, spiritual warfare is going on behind this. Now, Satan has always hated the Jews. He's hated the Jews because uh, God made promises through them of the Messiah. Uh, they've... they've of course, Jesus came through the Jewish people, the Jewish people provided the Bible, and God promised the Jewish people that a remnant of them would get saved, Amen. and they would be a priestly people during his millennial kingdom, which is still yet to come. So Satan believes that if he can destroy the Jewish people, he can thwart God's plan. We know Satan will never be victorious in that, but uh, right now Israel's got to go through a, quite a refining fire as the, the, their nations around them and want Israel destroyed. And that's where we, we pick up in Psalm 83. Mm, excellent. Thank you so much. And yes, Nathan, I know you're taking us to a wonderful journey, but uh, uh, keep uh, moving on for us in the following verses. We want to encourage anyone that is watching us live or tuning in live, man, grab a Bible, a Bible app, and follow along with us there in Psalm chapter 83 as we look at verses 4 and on. Thank you, Nathan. Sure. Okay, so we live off of verse 4 with this, these nations against Israel gathering together to decide to destroy Israel. The, the purpose is that Israel be remembered no more. And the only way to do that is complete genocide of the Jewish people, to utterly destroy the Jewish people. Verse 5 says, For they have consulted together with one consent. They form a confederacy against you, the tents of Edom and the Ishmaelites, Moab and the Hagrites, Ebal, Ammon and Amalek, Philistia with the inhabitants of Tyre, Assyria also has joined with them. They have helped the children of Lot. Mm. Now, that can be kind of confusing because, again, this was written in 1000 B.C. So 3,000 years ago, these are the names of the nations that surrounded Israel. But they have modern comparisons today. Right. And which is interesting, you can just turn on the news and watch, and these same nations, one Israel destroyed. Now, when we talk about the Tenth of Edom, uh, that is the Palestinians, the descendants of the Edomites, the Palestinians, and those who dwelled in southern Jordan at the time. The Ishmaelites, uh, Ishmael was the father of the Arabs, so we're talking about the, the Saudis, the Arab nations. Uh, Moab is uh, also what is uh, the Palestinian descendants today, and it was central Jordan at the time. The Hagrites or the Hagarenes was another name. It's a little debated, this one, but uh, 
Many believe that this is talking about the Egyptians. Uh, Gabal is uh, Hezbollah, in, which is, occupies northern Lebanon. We've got Ammon, which are, again, the Palestinian descendants, and that covered the northern Jordan area. Amalek was also the Arabs, but they're the ones that live in the Sinai Peninsula. Uh, Philistia, the Philistines, the ancient, that's Hamas in the Gaza Strip. Uh, Tyre is up north, that's Hezbollah in southern Lebanon. And then Assyria, that's the Syrians and the area that covers northern Iraq, pretty much the land that ISIS has taken over right now. You know, Nathan, that is amazing. Right now, I was just uh, showing our viewers there a picture using Google Earth and zooming in uh, on these areas. <clears throat> and, of course, we can use modern technology today nicely, right, Nathan, to be able to bring us into these uh, regions almost live. But yeah, one but thing, uh, I mean, they're all surrounding uh, Israel and uh, all in that area. Yeah, I mean, again, this Psalm 83 isn't prophesying the nations that Ezekiel 38 and 39 prophesies with that war, which is Russia and Iran and Turkey and uh, Libya and Sudan and all those uh, stand nations. Uh, it's not saying this. It's not also saying Armageddon, which is all the nations of the world against Israel. It particularly names the countries that directly border Israel. Mm. Excellent point. And Nathan, and this is why we, we, we find that when you see how the world is lining up today, I mean, I, I noticed two things, Nathan, when you were reading for us. Verse 5 specifically says, For they have consulted together uh, with one consent, and they have formed a confederacy uh, against you. So in other words, we, we see how the enemy, Satan, is bringing all this together, this confederacy, all united with one consent, right, to destroy Israel. Exactly, exactly. Now, people wonder, you know, how could the nations surrounding Israel join together for, until Islam, you know, these nations were totally separate. They didn't get along well, they attacked right. each other. But then, when the religion of Islam conquered the Middle East, it united the people in a common religion. Now, if there's infighting in that religion, especially between the Sunnis and the Shiites, but overall, as a religion, they agree on one major thing, death to the Jews. Mm-hmm. And Nathan, this is why we find that uh, I remember when I first became a Christian, it was interesting. Uh, I used to really have a, a, a dislike for the Jewish people and really never understood why. And we find that the enemy does that with so many. They have this prejudice against God's people. And a lot of that we need to be careful because it's inspired by Satan's uh, demonic influence. But thank God, when I was born again and I began to read the Bible, and the Holy Spirit began to show me the plan that God has for His people, how much He loves them, it really changed my perspective towards the Jewish people. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I, I, we're definitely seeing many churches and church leaders taking, uh, giving up their traditional support of Israel and turning against them and supporting the Palestinians, which, like we've read, are, are descendants of Israel's enemies and uh, siding against God's people. Now, they, <clears throat> they hate God's people. And when I use the term God's people, obviously the church, those who believe in Jesus' Savior, are God's people. But God has never said that he's gotten rid of the Jewish people as right. his people as well. They've turned on him. They don't believe in him. Matter of fact, 85% of the Jewish people in the world are secular humanists. They don't believe in God whatsoever. But... God has promised that one day a remnant of them, a third of the Jewish people, by the end of this terrible time period known as the Tribulation, will accept God and Jesus as Savior. So we're going to see the Jewish people transform from secular humanists 
to uh, Messiah followers, the Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. They're going to follow Jesus. And that's why Satan hates them. He wants to thwart God's plan. And to do that, he's got to destroy the Jewish people. And I think that that hatred that Satan has it is emanating and affecting the world to hate Israel unlike any other country on the planet. Nathan, that is a great point. And I love what you said. And I think it's a great reminder. God is not through for his people. I mean, that's what we read in... In Romans chapter 11, uh, Paul writing, he says, I say then, has God cast away his people? Certainly not. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not cast away his people uh, whom, whom he foreknew. And, and I believe, Nathan, that's also another ploy of the enemy to make people think that God is over, that the church has taken over. Right, Nathan? Exactly. And, you know, that's a fantastic chapter to read about. Actually, uh, Romans 9 through 11 are three of the chapters most churches today avoid because it says that the Jewish people aren't done in God's plan. He, he didn't destroy them when the Romans destroyed Israel in 70 AD. He cast them aside. He put his focus on the Gentile world to give the gospel. But it's a time coming where the Gentile world and those Jews who have accepted Jesus as Savior will be raptured off this planet. We'll be taken away before this time of Jacob's trouble, this tribulation coming. And the, one of the reasons for this tribulation, for having all these series of end-time wars come against Israel, is to get them on their knees, to give up their secular humanism, and turn to God and His Son, Jesus Christ, as Savior. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. And of course, we know that those people that are, uh, are not uh, uh, understanding the Bible clearly, uh, like you said, they will literally are going to have to tear out those chapters from the Book of Romans, right? <laughs> they do. Uh, you know, it's, it's scary, especially amongst the liberal denominations. They'll study through Romans and they'll skip right over 9 through 11 as if they didn't even exist. And, and that's tragic because the church, who had such a, a strong influence in our country, uh, traditionally supported Israel. Israel yes. had a lot of support from the United States because of our Judeo-Christian roots. But as we continually and very quickly abandon our Jewish, uh, Judeo-Christian roots, uh, we're seeing that the United States politics turn against Israel. Yeah. We're seeing churches, as they get more liberal and apostate, turning against Israel. And this hatred that Satan has for the Jews permeating both Christians and non-Christians alike for the purpose of destroying Israel. And that's where we get to Psalm 83, where we see the beginning of a coalition of nations that want Israel destroyed, now, Israel has repelled quite a number of attacks from these nations. Uh, as soon as they became a nation in 1948, right. they repelled the five nations surrounding them. Uh, in 67, they not only repelled them, but took a lot of what's called the occupied territory, or the land that originally the UN promised uh, in the Balfour Declaration, Israel anyway. And they, so now they have better defenses, and uh, the world continues wanting them destroyed. And when we look at some of the end-time wars, uh, three of them are against Israel. The Psalm 83 war with the nations directly surrounding Israel. The Ezekiel 39 war with an outer ring of Islamic nations in Russia trying to destroy Israel and failing. And then by the end of the tribulation, Armageddon, where all the nations of the world come against Israel to try to destroy her. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. And once again, we see God's hand protecting the Jewish people. God's hand is upon all these events. And that's why really, Nathan, you and I, we really don't fear. We know what's coming, but we also know where our foundation lies. Right, Nathan? Exactly. You know, that's an excellent point. But one of the best parts about studying Bible prophecy, besides getting to know God better and His plan, is to alleviate the fear and to give us hope. When you know what's coming down the road 
And you know there's wonderful things as well coming down and that God has got all these promises and he always keeps his promises. It gives you hope for the future. Without that hope, people worry all the time. You know, oh man, the future looks terrible and there's going to be so much disaster and destruction and certainly there, some of that is in play. But we know the big picture when you study Bible prophecy. The big picture is Jesus wins. Therefore, those who believe in Jesus Christ win as well. And we will live in peace and righteousness and justice and God's kingdom for a thousand years and then on into the eternal state evils defeated and destroyed and out of there and that's Ooh. something to be excited about yes amen <laughs> i almost want to jump and cheer here in the stadium in this in the in, the, in our station but it, it you know nathan that's why people wonder how can vic and nathan do these bible prophecy programs with a smile I mean, mm -hmm. I thought this was gloom. No, it's not gloom and doom. <laughs> we smile because we know what the Bible says, and we're not fearful of the future. As a matter of fact, we look forward to the wonderful promises that God has in store for us. Right, Nathan? Amen. That is so true, because that, that is what... There, yes, there is gloom and doom. There is destruction. But that's the, the, the process that has to happen to destroy evil, defeat Satan. But the end result is a remnant of people all throughout human history who put their faith in God and His Son, Jesus Christ. And that's who God wants to live with forever in, in His home, in heaven, also called the New Jerusalem. It's, it is the yeah. purpose why we were created. We are created to have fellowship with God forever. And we got to get through these birth pains, as Jesus called them, before we get to the actual birth. Absolutely. And you know, Nathan, we definitely, in the future... I think you and I might need to tackle that new Jerusalem so the people can see, right, Nathan, what awaits us. Exactly, because there's a lot of hope with Bible prophecy. Yes, there's a lot of tremendous description in the Bible about the terrible days ahead. But I think God, God's got a purpose for that. He gives us that information because he wants us to know what horrors lie ahead yeah. and to put our faith and trust in him to accept Jesus as Savior and know that we will participate in the rapture of the church and be out of here protected by God because God always protects those he loves. Absolutely. And Nathan, also people need to understand that the judgment that is coming is oftentimes comes against those, uh, to those that are against God, that disobey God. That's why it says in Revelation chapter 9, verse 20, but the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone, and which neither uh, see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders, of their sorceries, or the sexual immoralities, or other thefts. So Nathan, we find that really this wrath and judgment is not against those that trust in Christ, but are those that are rejecting God, right? Exactly. That, that is, God's wrath is for those who are disobedient. In other words, those who continue to rebel against Him, those who try to who call evil good and good evil, and they're the ones that face the wrath of God. And, but not for those who've accepted Jesus as Savior. We're promised in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1 Corinthians 15 the rapture of the church, the taking off of believers in Christ off this planet before God's wrath comes down upon it. And that's what, what this wrath is, is what hell is, the final judgment, is that if those who want God to, they say, God, I don't want anything to do with you. Stay away. I'm going to live my own life. God acquiesces. He steps back. But they still live under his wrath, as John 3.36 says. And his wrath is a sentence to hell for their rebellion. It's punishment for rebellion against God. Mm. And it's only right, because if God is a just God, right, Nathan, he would have to punish sin. Well, wouldn't you want the child molester, the rapist, 
the, the crook who robbed your house, don't you want them to see justice? Well, we are like that, all of us. And people have so much trouble dealing with this reality is that we're all enemies of God. We've all sinned against him. We all hate him. We've all rebelled against him. We break his law continually. But God didn't want to lose all of humanity. So he sent his own son, his perfect son, Jesus Christ, to die in our place, to take God's wrath upon him. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus, the wrath of God moves off of us and then moved on to his son while he was on the cross. Therefore, when God looks at us, he sees us as sinless and, and holy because of Jesus Christ. We're forgiven. We don't have that punishment of hell, and we can grab hold of that promise of the rapture of the church. Mm. Oh, that is so, what a wonderful way, Nathan, for us to be able to wrap up our second segment of the program with just encouraging people. There's hope. God loves you. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for your sins, that whoever believes in him would have eternal life. So we encourage you that are tuned in live, those of you that are watching us live as well, Today is a day of salvation. We never know how much time we have left. So therefore, it is this day that God has given us to repent, to turn from our sins, and to turn to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's why the Bible says in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, and that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And Nathan and I, that's what we're encouraging those of you that are watching to do, to place your trust in Jesus. He is coming very, very soon. Nathan, one last word of encouragement, maybe for someone who's tuning in out there and they still haven't turned their lives over to him, to the Lord. What would you say to that person? I'd say uh, take a heart what we've been talking about. You can see in the news every day the hatred against Israel, the nation surrounding Israel want to destroy her. Bible prophecy is being fulfilled right before our eyes, and that means Jesus is coming soon. So ask yourself, are you ready? Mm. Thank you so much, Nathan. What a wonderful word of encouragement. Again, you tuned into the coverage of the uh, Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones. And we're talking about uh, the Psalm 83 war, but also encouraging you to turn to Christ now while there is still time. And Nathan, talking about time, our time is pretty much up on our second segment of the program. Wow. Thank Where does it go? I Where know. Where does it go? <laughs> But thank you so much for being part of this second segment. And uh, it's always a pleasure to have you on the program. Pleasure to be on, brother. God bless you. Thank you, Nathan. Again, for those of you that are watching us live, we pray that you can get a hold of us if you're in need of prayer. 305-992-9537 or 321-END-TIME. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And may his face shine upon you. And thank you so much for tuning in for today's program. Have a great day. Yeah.